0: o'clock um, we had a memorial service for one of my colleagues who passed away very suddenly um, was uh, mowing the lawn and um, his wife was a little concerned because he didn't come to watch the, the football game that he was very keen on watching and she went outside and found him right next to the lawnmower and. Uh, And he was gone. So it's, you know, it's, um, um, you never know what happens in life, isn't it? So yesterday at 2 o'clock, I went for the memorial service uh, at Libertyville Covenant Church. So that's the place where we normally have our prayer time. It was packed. I mean, there was no room to park. There were students from so many generations because he taught at North Park, I think it was 20 years, more than 20 years, uh, quite an amazing um, man of God. So um, it was so good to hear students from past to come and talk about this, um, uh, this amazing gentleman, jo- John Yelm. John Yelm is, uh, was his name. Um, his daughters gave testimony one of the faculty members is close um, uh, from, from the department a very close faculty member uh, talk, talked on behalf of the, the faculty and, and then um, um, others um, also shared I had to come away um, from the service and he, he was an interesting person he, he did not want His wife said, I know my husband would not want anyone to come in any bow tie or tie or suit or anything like that. Don't wear anything of that sort. Come wearing a North Park t-shirt or a Cubs t-shirt. You know, those are the things that he enjoyed. So I I wore a North Park t-shirt and and then uh, I had to quickly get into the car and somehow weave my way out of all the cars um, when you're in India, you learn to do stuff like that, you know. <laughs> you have to weave around cows and buffaloes and, and stuff like that. So I did that and, and I found a restaurant and quickly changed uh, my clothes into uh, worthy attire for retirement service at the, at the Naval um, Great Lakes Station. So I, I, I stopped at one of the restaurants there. And I learned this from Mrs. Doubtfire, by the way, you know, <laughs> to go and change completely. So I changed and, and went to this amazing service. Uh, I wish we all had been there. Um, uh, you know, John, John is, is such a humble man. Uh, whoever would know that he's such a decorated army officer. And that's only yesterday that a lot of us found out. Um, So thank you for your life, uh, for your testimony, John. And it was so amazing to hear the words of honor that your colleagues had for you, for your witness. Um, Thank you. Thank you for being that. And uh, we know that God has great... um, Gave great things in store for you as you go on many, many years of, of ministry from your training in the army um, um, and giving now to the civil world. Uh, I think that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Uh, uh, people who have gone through army services uh, are just amazing women and men who give, keep giving back to the rest of society. So we know that God has great things in store for you. We are going through the series of runners, the amazing runners of past history from Hebrews chapter 11, 12, um, 10, 11, and 12. And one of the things that we find out is that these people were people like, like John. Go ahead. Navy, sorry. <laughs> Navy, Navy, Navy. White, I saw white. We had it backwards. We were at Fort Sheridan, which is Army. Oh. I live at the Naval Station. We aspire to beat Army equipment. So that's. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Aspire to beat. Beat Army Okay. That's, that's our slogan. So it's okay. <laughs> That's good. I, we, we've got to watch. A, can we watch a game at some point? Navy and Army. Is it coming? Every year, first week in December. Okay. So we should have a party and watch that game in, um, in honor of Navy and cheer. Pray for the Navy that they would beat the Army. <laughs> that was so... Uh, you know, everyone in white, and, and it was uh, so good to talk to the people there um, who, who came for your um, retirement service, John. Um, in many senses, it, it's, uh, what, what I learned there is not how um, running the marathon also is not about beginning the race, it's how you end. Because a lot of people began with you in, in school. Um, you know, going through all that training, the undergrad training, and learning those amazing stuff. But there were people that fell off. But it's not so much how you begin. And, and the reason I want to say that is because of another funeral service that was held yesterday, and that's the funeral service of an uh, African leader by the name of Robert Mugabe. Robert Mugabe is from a country called Zimbabwe. It used to be called Rhodesia. It's just north of South Africa. And I remember working with uh, Intervarsity in India in 1980, April of 1980, when Zimbabwe was, um, they gained independence. And Robert Mugabe began really well. We were rejoicing with with all these students that came from Zimbabwe to the University of Delhi and other universities in in India. Um, But it did not end well. I mean, he became such a brutal and horrible dictator. So the whole world does not know what to make of this man who who began well but did brutal stuff. Um, in uh, the last many, many years of his life in, in Zimbabwe. So it began off as Rhodesian. Rhodes himself was um, a racist. Um, so I don't know why would someone be proud of being a Rhodes scholar anymore, uh, but you have um, these mixed messages. And what we want to do is to see. What kind of a runner do we want to be in life? Do we want to be you know, some like, someone like John, someone like the runners we have talked about and we will continue to talk about in our journey? Um, and many times it is... Um, people are not perfect. That's one of the things I like about the Bible. The people of the Bible are all imperfect people. These heroes, runners, that we talked about in Hebrews chapter 10 um, and chapter 11 are are people who are very fallible people. They they commit a lot of blunders in life. And the Bible is very clear about that. People like David and Abraham and all these people... um, the only one who is perfect is Jesus. And that's what we need to keep in mind. And so you go make those blunders, but it's how you get up and keep going. And that's what the marathon race is all about, isn't it? You, you will have problems. You will fall down. Um, actually, I have seen people fall down almost at the beginning. At Chicago Marathon, there's this very strange bend that happens Almost at the beginning, in the first, I want to say half a mile or so. It's a very sharp bend. And think about 30,000 people trying to take that turn. I've always seen people fall. And, And then I feel so bad because you've got to do this for 26 miles now. You know, whatever bruises or whatever injury you have sustained, you've got to keep going for the next 26 miles. Or something like that. Um, but it's all about how you get up and how do you keep going. And then how do you end? That is the crucial thing. Our life's journey. So we want to go through one of those heroes who made, who made blunders in his life. Um, for the next seven weeks or so, we'll be talking about the marathon journey of an amazing man by the name of Abraham. We'll start with where he began, where he fell, and how did he fall, what can we learn from that, and and how did he end in his life's journey. And before we go into that uh, a little more, I want to um, also acknowledge that, you know, there's people among us who, who also go on and serve at other places, and our soul has been for those of you wondering, he didn't disappear off the face of the earth. soul has been in Seattle now for how long? About, about a month. About a month. And um, um, of course, um, when their house sells, then Angela will, will be going and joining her dear husband as well. So we will continue to pray for you. Will you let us know so that we have a special time of prayer for you? Um, When that happens, but let's let's pray for Saul and for Angela at this time because this is hard, very hard for the family to be apart like this. And uh, let's pray that everything would go well for your job there and for the house sale and and stuff that you need to do so much, so many decisions. Would you rise and let us read this powerful passage from the beginning of the life of Abraham? In um, Genesis chapter 12, it actually begins before that. It begins in chapter 11, and we're introduced to a very, uh, very sad thing in the life of this couple called Abraham and Sarah. Right off the bat, um, the Bible says, and Sarah was barren. Chapter 11. Which means a lot in ancient society, even now. If you don't have a kid in India, you know, everyone will come to you and say, What? You don't have a kid? Well, you, you should have had a kid in nine months. You know, who's, what's wrong with you? If you don't have a kid, you're treated like trash in places like India. So they start off their life's journey with two strikes against them. And then it says here, and the Lord had said, I, I like New International Version. I told you that I like New International Version, but there are times that I take issue with New International Version. These are all my mentors, you know, people like Walter Kaiser and McComiskey and Gleason Archer, they were all in the committee. I learned hieroglyphics and... Ugaritic and all that from them. But, but sometimes I say, what were you thinking? You know, Why did you translate it as the Lord had said? Because there is no past perfect in the Hebrew language. The Lord said, and He keeps saying. In all this life's journey, we've got to remember that He says, and He says, and He says. So let's keep that in mind as we read these nine verses together. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Avram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, And all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on toward the hills of Bethel and pitched their tent with Bethel in the west and Aeon the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So Lord, as we reflect on this life, and as we continue to reflect on the life of your amazing servant, um, Abraham Avram, oh Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, that we would learn from these lessons and so run our journey, so that we would be transformational runners in our lives. In the name of the great runner, the great forerunner, Jesus the Messiah, we pray. Amen. 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 Do be seated. Do be seated. Quite an amazing journey. Quite an amazing life. Um, A little bit about the name. Avram means... Almighty Father. You know, it's a it's thing about pride. And God says, come on, Avram, that is not a good perspective to, to have this name, Avram. It, it, yes, you have all this land, you have all these, you know, um dogs and and cattle and and goats and lambs and, and all that, but but, but, but don't think that you are this big person who everyone needs to bow down to. You should be Abraham, which is a person who is the father of many. That's a, that's a place of responsibility. Yes, there is dignity there, but it's in humility that you have responsibility. And, and that's very, very important for any leader to keep in mind, you know. I am not the great pastor who is God, this amazing thousands of people, but I have a responsibility to pray for these people. I have a responsibility to be a witness to these people. So that's where God changes the name from Avram to Avraham. And I think that should be the perspective of, of any leader. But where do you begin? Where do you begin? You begin with many times two, two strikes being against you, and you'll find that in chapter eleven, where it talks about the genealogy of Terah, Abraham's father, and and then it talks about. Uh, Sarah being barren, she had no child. and It's almost like driving it in. She's, not, she's, she's barren, but you, you, we want to keep driving it in. Like, look, Sarah, you're never going to have a child. You're never, never going to have a child, and everyone is going to pounce on you for that. Um, you have two strikes against you, perhaps a million strikes against you. But right in the midst of that, it says... And the Lord said to Abraham, and the Lord said to Abraham, and, and that's one of the things that we need to keep in mind, that in, in life's journey, this marathon run, we, we have to be constantly attuned to what is God, what's the Word of God for me? Um, It is, it's, it's that Word that is so very crucial, and you find it earlier on in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, which says, uh, w- verses 1 and 2, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the worlds, all of the cosmos, was prepared by the Word of God. In Greek, this is a specific word. It's the word rhema it's this word of power by which god caused the whole universe to come into being that is what you and i should be carrying and you know it's it's interesting that that uh, talking about uh, Commander John Gabrielson's um, um, uh, retirement service yesterday, commemoration yesterday. Um, in in, in, in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, when the Apostle Paul is talking about who we are in this life's journey, he says, take on the helmet of salvation and the sp- sword of the Spirit, which is the Hema feu, the Word of God. You want to run this race? Think about yourself as a soldier. You want to run this race? Think about yourself as a runner. And when you do that, that's where your hope will lie. I find the word hope also very fascinating. In the Hebrew language, the word hope comes from a verb called kava, 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 from which we get a noun which is Tikvad means hope. Now, hope, the, the, the word kava means the gathering of the waters. It's the word that's used in Genesis chapter 1 when it says, and God gathered all the waters and He called it the sea. The gathering of the waters in the Old Testament is also the place where baptisms are held. So it's this idea that when we begin our life's journey, we go into the baptism and the gathering of the waters. That's where God took the people to when they were pinned up against the Red Sea. You remember that? They went through the gathering of the waters. So baptism, we talked about that perhaps in one of the previous uh, series, is, is this journey, this Beginning of the life's journey as a runner in Christianity. And I would encourage you to do that. If you have not partaken of baptism, I would encourage you to come and talk to the leadership here and say, I, have, I want to begin this journey of, of new birth. And I want to portray that in this baptism, the gathering of the waters. Would you do that? Because that's where I think a lot of of these things come come to the fore as we begin this journey. And that's where you you take a hold of. In in Aramaic, the the word for the word of God is the memra of God. And that's what Abraham was listening to as as he heard this word. Transformational runners are people who are always in tune with the transformational word of God, the rema, the memory of God. We may fall down, but we say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? We go through journeys of life, whether turning points, whether it be retirement or it be getting a new job. It seems to me that we should be saying. Lord, what's your word to me? Remma. Feu. What's your membra to me? And when we do that, life's journey will be good. We get up in the morning and we say, What is your word to me, Lord, today? We can cloud that out and we can, we, we can, we, 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 and we go on with the, the, the rest of the day. Maybe we want coffee and we think that clears our mind. That doesn't clear our mind. It's our, it's that word. And you know, if I don't begin with the word of God, I know something is missing. Every day in the morning, just call. What's your Ramma, your word that I can reflect on throughout the day? And that's what I try to do when I'm st- beginning um, a run. I would take hold of that word, focus on it again, and right to the run, I'm reflecting on that verse or that set of verses and, and saying, Lord, what do you, you want to say to me in this run? It's beautiful. That's why I like running because, you know, the, you, you're, you're in the, uh, in the forest um, um, Uh, way or you're in um, in one of the parks and you're going alongside this river this plains river or whatever and you're reflecting on that word and say lord what is your word to me and it happens it's so powerful it's so powerful because you hear the word of god and you go back and you say lord i'm going to change this this in my life because you have spoken to me so so very clearly That's the difference between a Christian who's just living a mundane life and a Christian who's living a vibrant life of a runner. It's the person that's constantly hearing the word of God. And sometimes it also means second chances, right? So Abraham went with his father-in-law, Terah, and, and and I don't know how many other people, you know, there were so many other people. And, and when sometimes when, when you have too many people around you, you have all kinds of voices. But you need to separate yourself from this dinge of voices, wanting to hear God's voice. The member of God. Rama Feu. And what does God say to him? The English translation, I think, does not get it, because English is English, right? It says, go. Do you know what the word is in Hebrew? In Hebrew, it is two words, lech lecha, lech lecha, which means, I want you to intrinsically concentrate on this and make a decisive decision, Avram. I want you to make a decisive decision. And sometimes you have to be alone. And that's the thing about leadership. Sometimes you have to be alone. And go into the presence of God because other voices are saying, Are you crazy? You're going to make this decision? What's wrong with you? I mean, people would say that to marathon runners all the time. Are you crazy? Until you meet 40,000 people who will come together and they'll say, everyone said to me, are you crazy? And we say, yeah, they said that to me, they said that to me. And then we console each other about all these voices we've heard, but you, Lach Lacha, Avram, you first reflect on this and re-reflect on this and re-reflect on this and then step out and go. And the rest of the world around you is saying, no, 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 don't don't do that. But you say, I have heard God's voice. I have heard God's voice. And I'm going to step out. I'm going to go. That's what leaders are made up of. Isn't it? That's probably one of the lessons that you learn in military all the time. You've got to be a leader. And to be a leader... You have to be able to reflect, so that you are continuously encountering the word of God and making decisions accordingly. You've probably had to do that several times. I can think of several instances when I did that, including stepping out into the ministry. I mean, the rest of the world was saying, "What's wrong with you? You've got to become." There's this thing called an IAS officer. Everyone has to become. Among Indians, you've got to be either a doctor, an engineer, or an IAS officer. Among Koreans, the same thing, right? You've got to be oh oh, Come on, you've got to study hard. You've got to be this, And, and so that was the thing. And so when I stepped out in the ministry, it was trying to. Set aside all those voices and the anger of people around me, including my father. But that's what Abraham needed to do. And then God says, God kind of is very interesting, you know. It's he says, I want you to to leave your country, your family your father's house, it's as if God is peeling off those un- onion peels and saying, you got to just leave all that. In, in Eastern culture, you know, you are deeply and intrinsically associated with your family. I mean, who you are is your... You, you go to India and you start talking about this person who is your... Great grandfather, your grandfather, and the whole conversation will revolve around your family. It, it has nothing to do with what you're doing in Western culture is who are you? Are you a dentist? Are you a you know, computer analyst? Well, who are you? In Eastern culture, you, that is not the question. In Eastern culture, it is who are you related to? Who are the other person you're related to? Who are the other person you're related to? And so when you you get away from that, you are stripping away all your identity and God is saying to Avram here, to Abram here, I want you to get rid of all that. Get rid of all those peels because that's where your comfort zone lies. I want you to get rid of your comfort zone so that you can rely on me. And me alone. We don't want to do that because that's where we're comfortable, right? We we want those crutches. Because that's where we know we can control stuff. But God says, I want you to get rid of all that in this marathon journey called life. Transformational runners are people who are willing to make Clean and continuous breaks with those comfort zones. Notice what else God says to him. God says to him, I'm not going to give you the whole lay of the land. I'm going to show you slowly where you should be going. That's the beauty of running, it's one step at a time. If you and I think about 26.2 miles at the beginning, you're done. Psychologically, you're done. It's one step at a time. You take this one step, and then God shows you the next step. You take the next step, and then God shows you the next step. We want things under our control, so we want to see the whole lay of the land, and that's what society around us teaches us, right? Don't take that step until you've got the whole lay of the land. But but the scriptures say that these giant runners, these amazing runners, were people who took one step at a time and the next step becomes clear. You take the next step and the next step becomes clear. I'm going to show you that's the beauty of a relationship with this amazing runner called Jesus. We don't need everything with clarity set right ahead of us. Life is adventurous. Life is adventurous. Christian life is adventurous when we just take that one step at a time. I will show you. I will continue to show you. Don't worry. Our trust is in this God who said, I will show you the way and I will take those steps one step at a time. To do what? Let's look at the rest of the verses here. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great so that you will be a blessing. It's not about me. It's about how when I get blessed by God, I become a blessing to people around me. The focus of of being blessed is not Me being blessed, that's the problem with so much of prosperity-oriented gospel, isn't it? It's the whole focus being on me. No, it's not because of that, so that I can be a blessing to others. I can can be, and that's one of the things that I came across during the testimony that the daughters, the two daughters of my colleague shared. Apparently, he was a very tight-fisted person. I didn't know that, but, you know daughters are sharing at his memorial service, but he would always get out of his car or wherever he was to go and very generously give to someone who did not have anything. He wasn't tight-fisted in that. He was tight-fisted for himself, but he was generous with others. And that's the thing about the Christian journey. It's It's to be to be giving to people all around us. Transformational runners are other-oriented people, who who are people who take care of others first. But notice also what else does the Bible um, reflect on, on this person. As Abraham departs, he also takes others along with him, including people like Lot. Now, Lot obviously was a person who gave him a lot of pain after that. We'll talk about that in the next sermon. What do you think of that? Do you think Abraham should not have taken Lot with him? It seems to me that the Bible is saying, no, there are the people. And yes, they'll probably give you pain in your life, but that doesn't mean you don't take them along with you. They'll learn something from you. And later on, It'll come back to them, and they'll, they'll live up to that. But, but along the way, they might give you a lot of pain, and that's okay. That's okay in life's journey. We cannot just spew away people from our lives who are not going to be good for us. So transformational runners are people who take people like Lot along with them. The Lot's along for the run. And that's okay. And the last thing that I want to point out here is this aspect of Avram's life, where everywhere he went, he built an altar. Those are the markers of his marathon journey in life. It's good to have those markers in life, whatever it may be. We say, God did this to me at this place. And I go there to that altar and say, Thank you, Lord, for teaching me that lesson at this particular place. It should be and can be physical places where you and I can go to. I do that often. Whenever I'm in doubt, I would go to that place. And very often it is to do with specific junctures where where my wife and I had to let go of things. So one of the things that comes to my mind is is this thing called wedding. You've heard about a wedding? Okay, so in India, there's this thing called a dowry, and it goes along with the wedding. So my, my wife's dad told her, you can do that Christian wedding thing and then come back to our house And I will give you a house, I'll give you um, three servants, I'll give you three cars, I'll give you blah, 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 blah. That's all supposed to be the dowry. But you have to come, that is intrinsically related to this Hindu wedding ceremony. And we went to him and said, we don't want that. We don't want that. Because those are the markers that can either take you forward or they can bring you down. And we knew that that will always, always bring us down. And we we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Don't worry about that. He'll take care of all that. We don't need all that. He will take care of all that. And I can stand here and say, He did take care of all that. We're so thankful for our kids and grandkids. God's been so great, but we didn't need to have those markers that would have brought us down. We needed to have the marker of God saying, I will bless you. Just keep on. I will show you the way one step at a time. Look at me and I'll be faithful. That's what the great runners of the Bible did. And we'll be okay as long as we do that. Would you pray? I'm going to request you to reflect on the voice of of the Spirit of God speaking to you. You know where you are in your journey called this marathon journey of life. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you listening to the voice of God in a a very real way every day of your life? If you're not, would you come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I used to at one point But I don't do that anymore, O Lord. Mm. Would you make it a point to listen to Ramma, the Memra of God? Mm. And maybe there's decisions in your life that you regret. Because you you heard the voices of society and everyone around you, and, and the Lord is saying, "I want you to lech lacha, I want you to make decisive changes, so that you would be a blessing to all around you." Would you commit yourself to making those changes? Perhaps you'd want to go to that marker in your life, that altar that you left somewhere and make a commitment. Would you do that today? Go there and say, Lord, I want to be a transformational runner and I make a commitment to do that today. O oh Lord, hear these prayers. In the name of the great runner, Jesus our Lord. Amen.